She dug my custard cream jug. I'm William Doyle. I'm Luke Turner. And you're listening to The Quietest Hour. So you're listening to a new edition of the Quietus Hour, our new music radio program. This week, John is away in Ireland, and so I'm joined by William Doyle. Yeah. Not yes, Will. Hello. Say hello to the listeners. Well, I was just confirming that you oh, were joined <laughs> by me. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're back, and it's the Quietus's eighth birthday, and we're celebrating now by giving you a third way of listening to this uh, programme. You can listen on our Facebook page when we do the live broadcast or in the archive there. And you can uh, listen on Mixcloud. And most excitingly of all, we've got a new podcast where you can download and subscribe to all the past editions and all the ones yet to come of The Quietest Hour without the music, just the chat, which, you know, could be a bad thing or a good thing. And uh, we just put up on The Quietest this week a special one with Stuart Lee discussing some of his favourite uh, current music with John, which is quite interesting. We were just talking about this earlier. Mm. Like, it's, it was very nice, affable, friendly Stuart Lee, and we were wondering if that's... Is that the real Stuart Lee? Because he's talking in that one about newspaper columnist Stuart Lee, who's a construct, and then a stand-up comedian Stuart Lee, who's another construct. construct. Yeah. So it was affable talking to John about the full Stuart Lee... Which one's, Yet, the, real which one's the real Stuart Lee? I wonder which William Doyle we're going to get today. The, uh, the the Zen William Doyle who isn't on tour anymore and you know has a normal life. <laughs> I think pushing <laughs> around the walls of yeah. York City. I think it's fitting that um, that you've got me in in John's absence when it's the eighth birthday because I really feel like you guys getting involved in the recording industry was the sort of the start of the decline. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, including yeah, so, us um, putting out your first record. Exactly, yeah. So, it was the beginning of loads of copies over there still. So, uh, yeah. It was the beginning of your end, and it was the beginning of ours and yeah, the entire exactly. music industry. I'm joking, well, of course. No, no I think that to be honest, there's some, some absolute truth in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, do uh, subscribe to our podcast, uh, and big shout out to the man Seb White, who's over there, our producer, because he put it all together for us, and the website page where our radio show is hosted, looks better than our actual website, uh, <laughs> which is eight years old and falling to bits. It is. Yeah. Anyway, what, what do we have first? We had Katie Gately mm. and Tuck from her new LP, which is called Colour and coming out soon. And Will was quite surprised that this was uh, quite as pop as it was. Yeah, I don't know why. I think just John mentioned Katie Gately a couple of years ago, I think, maybe. And I think with the context of the conversation, I just thought it was... Maybe it was just John's mood or something. <laughs> I kind of thought that it was going to be sort of dark industrial electronic something. And I was quite surprised. That was great. I really well, enjoyed that. There's the common mis- misapprehension that, that, that all you listen to is, is that. It was really miserable music. So we're going to follow that up with some absolutely dour um, industrial 
black metal crossover sort of thing um, from Kenya. And this is the Kamaru Selina Band and Muka, oh sorry, Mukurara Nake. was the brilliant Kamaru Selina band, which I keep wanting to read as Kamaru Colliery Band. I don't even know if there's a colliery <laughs> in that particular part of Kenya, but that's great. It's from another amazing compilation from the good people of Soundway, and it's out quite soon. Um, yeah, so, Will, next we're going to play some Ye- Yeni Val. Yeni Val, yeah. Yeni Va- Val, not Val. I think it's Val. Val. Yeah, Will's been t- telling me off for uh, my incorrect most I was saying Jenny Huval for ages I think it's, not, it's obviously not Jenny Huval is it well I mean if Val. you're going to go phonetic it's like Sven like Sven Hassel yeah I guess so yeah um, but yeah no it's Yenny Val Yenny Val I, I suspect this is because Will's uh, colleague and manager Andy is a stickler for discipline and in the tour bus he would thrash Will <laughs> if he Will would say can I put on the Jenny Huval record and, and Andy go, would what, get what record was that Andy would get all Scottish and, yeah. and start beating you um, um, so yeah, the, have you listened to the whole new record? I haven't listened to Blood Bitch at all because I don't, um, I don't get sent promos <laughs> for things. It's not out yet. <laughs> but I've heard the um, Female Vampire and um, yeah, this one, Conceptual Romance, which is really great. I mean, the last record, Apocalypse Girl, has got to be one of my favourite albums released in the last three or four years. When was that certainly. last year, wasn't that it? That was li- only last only year. Only last year. And she did um, Yeni Vala and Susanna, yeah, which, which was amazing. It was amazing. And yeah. Wonderful Live uh, did make me walk across a bridge in the town of Krakow in the Vistula and feel very sad okay, as my I life slipped that. away beneath me. She's um, she's definitely got a good live thing going on. I think she thinks about what she's going to do with the staging much more than a lot of artists. I've talked to her quite in depth about. That's something you've been investigating, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just well, about how to present your art mm. through, you know, with limited sort of spaces that we have to, you know, available to, especially in this country. As well, I feel like you know, you, the context for presenting things can be sometimes just totally crazy and not not suitable for you know your expressing your vision with something and I think that she circumvents that quite yeah amazingly so actually. I saw her play at Cafe Otto uh, last year I think it was and it was it was old because I was kind of expecting to hear these songs that are provocative yeah. but very beautiful and she made the whole thing really awkward and quite confrontational yeah. and strange and it Create a really snide atmosphere. My uh, friend who I went with absolutely loathed it. I think that's intentional, though. I don't think that's. I don't think it's there to sort of provoke people. But I think that. I think one of the most powerful things you can do in that situation is to really drag something out of someone. You know, really like instill a feeling in them that is, but in a really kind of overbearing way. Maybe I can't. That's one of the powers of, of live performance art, isn't it? Really. Yes. And so, yeah. with that in mind. With that in mind, <laughs> uh, let's listen to a conceptual romance uh, from Yeni Val's uh, new album, Blood Bitch. 
that's uh, Jenny Val. Jenny Jenny Val and conceptual romance. Uh, Will has suggested that he and I make a record record about a conceptual bromance, yeah. and now I'm not sure I really want to continue living this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I, My I, work here is done. There. <laughs> <laughs> just came here to kill me by mentioning bromances. Thank you, William. Um, we've got a a hot off the press uh, MP3 yeah. <laughs> for for everyone next with Crononauts, fellow former label mates. Of you on mm. the Quietus Phonographic Corporation after we put their Nomans album last year, mm. and Rick Holland, who is somebody who's big influence on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did a um, I did an interview with him for your website. Indeed. And um, but he's worked with Eno, and that's sort of how it came about. Is the record they did together, Drums Between the Bells. Um, but I bought his book off the back of that story of the flowers, and I used to carry that with me on tour all the time. And um, over the years, we've got to know Rick a bit, and um, he lives up in Leeds at the moment. I live in York, so he's only only down the road. Do you pop round for tea? Uh, every now and then, yeah, yeah. We go and walk around sculpture parks and it's very <laughs> stuff nice. like that. Yeah, um, I mean artists. Yeah, and uh, but he's so he's his his new book, Pattern Man. Was uh, he started writing it, and actually it became a kind of a studio musical collaboration with Crononauts because they're also leads based, of course. Mm. Um, and I think just what them working together is actually what ended up becoming sort of Patton Man the book. Actually, they were sort of the collaboration was the impetus for him to publish the book, self-publish the book. So now they've got this record attached to it, which I haven't listened to yet. I only literally got sent it this morning. Um, so I thought it'd be a good idea to play that. To but play because it. we're short on time, I've had to go for this, because they're all about eight minutes long, the tracks, and they're all quite weird to have you heavy, obviously, because of Rick being a poet or writer. It would be a bit rude to cut off. It would be a bit rude to cut off. So um, I, I just, we haven't written down what this song's called. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called now. What's uh, it called, Sam? It's Seb, what's it called? Through. Through. Okay. So what is it about Rick Holland that you, uh, what, what about his words that he speaks to you? I just, uh, he's not really like a poet in a in a kind of traditional way and he doesn't really consider himself one, I think. It's just, um, I just always got the sense with him that it was kind of, you're zooming in on details of, of things, but also zooming out simultaneously. So you've got this really kind of strange mode of looking at and observing things and I I don't know I just quite liked that about about his words but he also talks about certain places that I've got a connection with sort of bits of London that story of the flowers book was very heavily London based but then also like Winchester and sort of like you know green Sussex valleys and stuff like that I feel like I've got I just felt a kind of kindred with his with his uh, sort of sense of place or something and how he dealt with that um but this, this Pattern Man book's a lot more, it's not really about that, I don't think. I'm still trying to work out what it's about. It's a beautiful thing that he's made. He's had it all sort of like hand sewn together oh, and nice. stuff like that. It's just so much work put into it. And um, the print project, the people who do like the great um, flyers for Golden Cabinet and stuff like that, they've made this cover, which sort of you can fold out as, a, as like a poster thing, but it's just such a great looking book. And um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's really, really great. Pattern Man, it's called. And that's what the record with Crononauts is called as well. Great, so we'll listen to a short track of that now, please, Seb. Of environment. This one is so still. The birds. 
words feel like a sad reflection here. Like they are flying from one bar to the next. In a set rhythm. Breath shallow. Sigh at their star turn. Grid life. Beyond the connection age. The low hum of supermarket lighting here. The music drifts into my ears, collecting like tears, surface dancing, depth charges away. Preposterous tip mangle, Judd Nelson. That was Rick Holland with our old friends Crononauts, followed by Death in Vegas's Consequences of Love, remixed by Chris and Cozy, channeling October Love Song, which is one of my favourite ever. Amazing pop song. Beautiful right? songs. The, the story of um, how they wrote the lyrics, I love that, of October Love Song. I don't know. Uh, they were in there, Chris and Cozy, they moved to Tottenham and they just started out, you know, kind of doing their own stuff outside of TG and everything. And um, they were trying to do a, 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 a vocal te- check on the microphone. Right. And um, Chris had his headphones on, and Cozy just started singing My Heart and Your Heart Together Forever, and it, which I think is just the sweetest thing. Yeah. Really beautiful. So that's them, Chris and Cozy, remixing Death in Vegas. Uh, news this week, Cozy Fanny Tutti has her memoir coming out on Faber next year called Art, Sex, Music which I think is going to be incredible, all about kind of her work with Coombe, TG, and her work in porn and stripping at the same time, and uh, all the subsequent things, which I'm very much looking forward to yeah, reading. Yeah, amazing. It's that. going to be a very good book. What an interesting life. Yes. She's had. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now, it's The Persuader. So, I've been away for a little while, going insane. I've missed the Persuader, the time when you, our listeners, can ring us up and request, well, more like demand, uh, that we play you a song on the quietest hour. To do that, you have to ring 020 33 93 63 95. Uh, and then, you know, John responds well to violence, I, I respond well to offers of knee-trembling encounters <laughs> down back alleys, things like that. Uh, but today we're going to have a democratic persuader, so Will and I will both vote. But, uh, Seb, have we got any messages? Yes. 
We have got a message. For yes. the we have got a message. Blimey, now you give, kill me with that shout. So. Um, could we have a listen, please, to the persuader? Hi, this is uh, Conan the Barbarian here. Uh, I was talking to my Mongol general line manager last night, and he asked me, Conan, what is best in life? And I said to him, uh, crush your enemies, see them driven before you, hear the lamentations of their women. So unless you want some of this visited upon you, I suggest you play the old um, Hiberian classic, uh, Hills of Tan. Hills of Kathmandu oh, yes. by Tantra. Thanks, bye. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm saying. Well, yeah, I mean, not only is Hills of Kathmandu by Tantra one of the greatest songs of all time, but I'm flipping terrified of Mongol hordes. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm we've, persuaded. We haven't really got any I'm choice. I'm persuaded though. we've got no choice. <laughs> So under threat of a pillage, we played Hills of Kathmandu. <laughs> what a tune. Uh, probably a quiet anthem, actually. There was a certain time when... Yeah, I reckon. Um, in Mind John's more nocturnal, uh, messing around type period of the quietest. We used to listen to that a lot around people's houses. You should put a compilation of you know the quietest anthems together. There's quite a lot. There's quite a large and varied mixture of yeah, we have got things in there. We've got quite a lot of... Copies of the last compilation we've put out. So oh yeah, I shelf. forgot. I forgot. But they did didn't that have already, Tantra's yeah. hits of Kathmandu on them. No, that's, so, that's you know, why. It's yeah, still if, on we, the shelf. if we just stick that on every record <laughs> yeah, we put out, exactly. I would just I'd get the Sex Swing album we're putting out changed just to have Tantra on yes, on it, yeah. and then um, then we'll, we'll be away. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna it's another of your choices next, Will. Uh, yes, this is actually something. This is the comet is coming. Um, who have been nominated for the Mercury Prize. They have. Um, and I actually, I had read it on the TQ list of best albums of the year. Mm. And um, then I listened to it. And then they, and then after I listened to it, they were nominated for the Mercury Prize. I don't so, think yeah. the things are connected. Though, <laughs> I don't think if you listen to a record, it gets nominated. For no, the it's Mercury brilliant Prize. though. It's a um, cosmic sort of like jazz thing. And the production on it is amazing. Um, but also... They're doing this thing with the Mercury Prize this year when they're, you have to, they've, they've ne said the 12 nominations and then you do like a like an audience vote thing for oh, the final six, which means that the, it's a popularity contest all of a sudden. Are they making it democratic? The first six are, and then they go, then the last six That's are what's decided idea. on. I know, so I the comment learned our lesson already this year that democracy is <laughs> not a very work. good idea. Yeah. We shouldn't be letting people choose these. But on, the, on that... On that note, I thought that the comet is coming in probably like the least, well, you know, least known group out of all, well, all the. The problem is all the really good stuff on that list, of which there is a small amount. Skepta, 
I mean, he might be, he, he, but he's got good social media reach yes, and enthusiastic yeah. young audience. They vote him through, but like, Comet yeah. is coming. No They're one's going to care. Yeah. You that's know. why, uh, so I voted for them just because of it. And that's so, why I'm there choosing we go. to play them now as well. Will, so. William Doyle's one vote for the Comet yeah, is exactly, coming. Yeah. Uh, maybe you out there would like to also go and vote and uh, try and not let the British people make another silly democratic decision in 2016. Um, and this is Space Carnival. Wow, that was great. Thanks, Thanks, Will, for bringing that in. No problem. That was The Comet Is Coming and Space Carnival. You're listening to The Quietus Hour on Facebook Live or Mixcloud or indeed on our new podcast. And if you're not listening on... If you're listening on the other ones, go and look out the other ones and particularly subscribe to the podcast. Uh, that'd be nice. We need to get the numbers up, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, so that was in the Mercury Prize, sponsored mm. by Hyundai. Um, we have done, as usual, <laughs> the Quietus's Alternative Mercury Prize, which is the Jovian Bowshock Award, after the uh, big echo that the planet makes as it moves through the depths of space. And we've got... 12, how many albums is it? 12, 12 brilliant yeah. records uh, on that list. Can't I can't remember all of them now. Melt Yourself Down but on there. Melt Yourself Down are on there rather than The Comet Is Coming. Anna Meredith. Anna Meredith's on there. And Carter Tutti Void are on there. And all sorts of other things. Laura Cannell's on there. Yeah. Actually, I've heard Laura Cannell's new album. is The next one is absolutely brilliant. And uh, this chap, Geiker who's not even done an album, but, you know, this is the modern age. We don't have to just rely on albums. But his mixtape that he did um, was it was just one of the best things this year. We're hopefully going to get to speak to him soon because he kind of... Rory Gibb, um, or formerly of The Quietus, did an amazing interview with Geiker for the cover of The Wire. And then Geiker's... There was no more press. Not because Rory like went there and punched him in the nose or anything, um, but he's just he's being quiet. And but he did put out this new song um, and to celebrate his signing to Warp Records, and this is 3D. <laughs>
Uh, that was Geiker and 3D, and he's amazing. I really want to see him live. There's a great uh, write-up of his set at Milhos de Festa uh, by Matt Colgate, which is on The Quietus this week. Now, last time Will and I did um, a radio, radio show. show together, we we were really depressed, weren't we? It was a we? bad time. It was bad. I, I just blew my girlfriend. Yeah, I can't remember what was wrong with me. There's always now. something wrong with you, isn't there? <laughs> I mean moaning artist um so we're going to do an oblique strategy oblique but it's going to be an oblique strategy yeah, so oblique strategy, so i'm going to open so the box here Eno and peter schmidt on the front they go the leather box and, oh, okay. there it is and then i sure what is the bleak, out. the bleak strategy it is distorting time which oh, we've, oh, who's one. put it back in the top it's like you've got to put it back down on the bottom, put yeah. it on the bottom like trivial pursuit haven't you the most important thing is the thing most easily forgotten we have that one Oh, for God's oh. sake, man. Just pick one from the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Which elements can be grouped? That's a boring That's one, That's a boring one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our bleak, our bleak strategy. Yeah, our bleak strategy Now they're, is, all, they're all falling over the floor, which yeah. is kind of... There's chaos in there. That's sort of like, like life, isn't it? Right. It all falls over the floor and then you pick it up and <laughs> doesn't really go back in the box. Um, but yeah, speaking of life... Uh, what are you up to at the moment? You're working on an interesting project, aren't you? Um, yes, I working on a like a conceptual art piece, I guess it was. If they want to be really pretentious about uh, describing it, but no, it's, it's about a conceptual um, romance. Conceptual romance, yeah. Um, I, it's about British suburban housing, I suppose, um, and just sort of we're looking at the construction of it kind of the history of it but more about where is it going in the future and, and looking about you know design aspects and it sounds very dry when I'm describing it to you now but I'm but it's a very particular sort of place isn't it it's not like kind of uh, ooh garden cities or no. ooh Bruce Lee's architecture it's these kind of areas that are often built on the edges of towns mm. Usually when, like, there was one where I went, grew up um, as a teenager called Jersey Farm, where obviously Farmer Jersey mm. just flogged off his farm. Yeah. And they built an estate, and they're usually quite sort of, you know, very containedly strange shapes. They look like more like naturalistic outlines on the maps often follow field boundaries and yeah, what have these, you. Yeah, these strange sort of labyrinth avenues that kind of curve around and stuff like that. Well, I grew up in, in one, in, uh, when Chandler's Ford, and well, I said grew up, I, was, I moved there when I was 12. 13 and but that had a big impact on me the environment did at the time I think just in terms of I started to make music then and I think that having moved there from sort of Bournemouth where I was living in sort of 1930s semi-detached place into like this really new development I just found it such a strange thing and I've kind of been fascinated in that ever ever since um, just in the way it had an effect on me and I think about how do you plan and design these places and what effects they have on the people there and I've just been really interested in that. So I'm, I've been making an album kind of about the themes of that although my personal look at it but at the same time I've been collaborating with my friends Matt and Sapphire to create a, like a multimedia art project about it and we're kind of getting people, calling out people to kind of contribute to it. We want to know how people engage with these environments have you lived in these sorts of things so um in these in these places and we want to come and interview you walk around and take photos and stuff like that we've done we doing a lot of test stuff with with myself and matt and sapphire so far and it's just gone really well so we're still kind of developing it but i just think it's an interesting kind of it's an interesting topic and i'm interested to make a very immersive sort of space with it so i think it's interesting as well that um you, you, you kind of you're all from those places as mm. well it's not like you're sort of 
it's not really it's not voyeuristic it's not this sort of element. fetishized sort of view of it I think that a lot of a lot of British sort of looks at, at suburbia or housing and that sort of thing can be these overly kind of uh, it's like pornographic almost and I'm not interested in that I'm kind of interested in what's the space in between those things there's a lot of unanswered questions about who builds and develops these places and stuff like that and I, and I, I don't know I just I'm fascinated by it really have you accidentally spied on anybody in their pants while doing your research? Not until we, not until you come out and do. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll take us, uh, yeah, yeah, to, to places that. Have, have, when you've been speaking to people, have they been quite receptive? Or yeah, is, yeah, because we're not going at it with any agenda, really. I'm not saying there's no negative part of this thing. We're not being critical of it. It's not like. That's the thing that so often, oh, suburbia is bad, isn't it? And it's like, well, no, we have to think objectively and constructively about the issues inherent in those things and what positive way can we move forward with, with these things. It's going to be a lot harder now that we're not part of the EU, mm. I think, because we rely on them uh, as an example. The UK are well behind on their British housing stuck and we're not building enough and stuff like that. There's so many issues there. Um, it just feels quite poignant at the moment, I think, that idea. So yeah, if you're interested, and if you've lived in an in an estate from like built from the 80s onwards, I would say go to yourwilderness.co.uk, and uh, we've got some information on there, and you can email us and we'll have a chat about things. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with, and now you have got us another song. Yes, um, Caitlin Aurelia Smith. Uh, I've only, it's called Ears, this album, in capital letters. Ears. Um, as in the things you listen through, or ear, you. No, yeah, it's in your, yeah, the, yeah, right, your, yeah. your ears that you hear things for. And yeah, it's just a beautiful record. I'm still getting to grips with it, actually, but I've just been, I'm in that state at the moment where you're kind of still discovering a record and I'm just playing it constantly. Um, it's beautiful, really great record. Okay, and this is Rare Things Grow. Posterous tip mangle, Judd Nelson. Well, that was great. Um, it was Piano Wire and Get a Life. Piano Wire, of course, uh, Andy, formerly of 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster, though they're probably one of those bands where they get annoyed with everyone keep going, oh, it's the people who were formerly of 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster. Um, but then I really like Piano Wire. They ought to be bigger. Um, Seb thinks it's in indie Bordering pop crossover yeah. pop successful. Now he's wobbling his head, so he's, ch- he's backtracked on that. But they're fantastic, Piano Wire. There's mm. a really good interview with them by Jeremy Allen somewhere in that hard-to-navigate quietus archive. <laughs> um, we are pretty much at the end. You've suffered enough. 
it's the uh, close of the quietest mm. hour. Uh, do go and subscribe to this on iTunes, or and please don't unsubscribe if you have already subscribed and you're just a bit bored. Um, thanks, William Doyle, for coming in and co-hosting this quietest hour with me. Thanks to Seb White for being a wonderful man, producing it beautifully and creating all our podcast apparatus. And um, John and I will be back next week for res- normal service resumed on the quietest hour. Um, so do ring up with the persuader and all of that sort of stuff. And thank you for listening. This to take us out with is Blank Mass. God, that's over. Time to put the poof back in its dusty slot. You are enduring the Quietus Hour podcast, and if you're a real glutton for punishment, you can listen to the entire programme featuring all the music via our website at thequietus.com forward slash radio. If you'd like to support what we do, there is a support button on the front page of the website uh, where you can make donations and help us carry on our uh, fantastic work. (laughs) Or you can just pay us to stop.